Hello and welcome back to The Rewind. I'm Josh and this is a podcast where I watch a bunch of movies and talk about them with my friends. Today's episode is about the Marvels. Joining me today, I had to pull her away from playing with her pet Forkin. It's our Marvel correspondent, Maya. Maya, how's it going? It's going all right, Josh. How's everything with you? Happy Turkey Day. Happy Turkey Day. Actually, I, I might be putting this out on Thanksgiving, actually, because I don't have an episode for this week. So people, whoever actually has, oh, I mean, I, I would hope no one actually has nothing better to do than to listen to this on Thanksgiving. But, you know, you know, <laughs> you, you never know. But this might be when people that might be when I'm uploading it based on when I'm going to get this edited. But, you know, uh, happy Thanksgiving to everyone listening. Uh, as I said, today's episode is about the newest entry into the MCU. That is the Marvels. It is the sequel to 2019's Captain Marvel, which was, you know, the origin story of Carol Danvers, a.k.a. Brie Larson's Captain Marvel, except this one, you know, is building on a lot of the MCU content that has come in the more than four and a half years since then, because the Marvels is actually a group. Uh, it's not just uh, Brie Larson's vehicle this time. Uh, she is joined by a couple other characters uh, for much of this film, including Monica Rambeau, who is the daughter of Maria Rambeau, who we met in Captain Marvel. Uh, she's played by Teona Paris. Uh, is it Paris or Perry? Do you know how she pronounces it? Uh, no, I'm not hundred percent sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Paris. Tana Paris. My my apologies to her. Uh, we saw her and kind of uh, come into her powers in uh, um, Wandavision. Wandavision. Oh, sorry. Yeah, we, we we saw her come into her powers in Wandavision when, as she puts it here, she uh, got a hex. But we know she was kind of going through Wanda's uh, force field she had up around that town, and that kind of did all kinds of things to her. And now she has her own powers where she can kind of harness the mag- whole electromagnetic spectrum. And also Iman Vellani's Kamala Khan, a.k.a. Miss Marvel, who we met in the, the MCU TV show, Miss Marvel. And she is just a delight, as I'm sure we will talk about. As we saw at the end of Miss Marvel, all of a sudden, Captain Marvel finds herself uh, in Miss Marvel's uh, bedroom. And we kind of pick back up there at, towards the beginning of this movie on where... I think it was actually after we saw Darben, who's the villain of this movie. We'll talk about her uh, a little bit as well. But she's played by Zawe Ashton. Uh, we see her kind of, you know, uh, trying to retrieve the other one of the quantum bands or bangles that Kamala has from the show. And it's going to help her harness a lot of things because she took over for uh, as the as the leader of the Krees after uh, Carol just killed their supreme intelligence, uh, all knowing you know, powerful thing. Uh, and she is trying to, you know, just uh, raid a bunch of other planets for their resources to help bring them back to life. Uh, but, you know, it, it, while, while all that is going on, uh, are, are the Marvels, uh, you know, Monica, Captain Marvel, Miss Marvel, they are all find themselves switching places every time they try to, you know, uh, every time they try and uh, use their powers. And this comes up in one of these battles uh, with, with the Kree uh, early on in the movie. And that's how we're kind of introduced to all of them they come to the realization they kind of need to work together and to kind of figure out what is going on here with these people that are kind of infiltrating earth opening up all these portals what is going on we're going to talk about just whether or not that was all laid out clearly enough or even if that matters but that is kind of you know the premise for this film uh maya I, as even though as we always talk about on these podcasts you're more offline than me i'm sure you had seen that the movie hadn't gotten the best reception uh from uh didn't have the best box office unfortunately going to be probably the lowest grossing marvel movie and for i don't know if ever or at least domestically it seems like it's not even it might not break 100 million dollars not great word from the critics i think the fans have been a little more positive on it than most and seems like you and i might kind of fall into that camp but we'll get into it but i mean given everything that went into this i mean after you got out of the movie you actually seems you know 
fairly positive on it. So I want to know like what you, wh- why you kind of left this movie actually feeling pretty good about it. Uh, and you can talk as much about Iman as you want to, but like, it seems like you probably enjoyed more of it than just her performance. So I'm wondering what kind of left you, fe- wh- why did you leave the movie still feeling pretty good? All things considered what, what really worked for you about this film? Yeah. And, and I'll tell you that this is probably part of the curse of a rotten tomato score um, on the critic side going out before people even have the chance of getting to watch the movie, because I think that that deterred a lot of people from watching it. Not to mention the fact that I think that there's just a little bit of exhaustion with the amount of Marvel content that's been out the last couple of years. I think that the reason why there was so much hype in years past and why the box office numbers were so significant was because there was only maybe three movies a year that were coming out. Um, And now between the television content, which don't get me wrong, is incredible. And the amount of movie content coming out, it's a little bit of an oversaturated market. So I do think that there wasn't much priority for people walking into this movie. That being said, having actually also done the podcast on the Captain Marvel movie originally back in 2019, uh, which is to date one of my favorite Marvel movies. Um, I'm a huge Brie Larson fan. I thought that it was very perfectly done. Um, And having watched not only um, Miss Marvel with the absolutely endearing Iman, but also WandaVision, which is probably my favorite Marvel intellectual property to date. Um, I will tell you that I I can't necessarily understand why people won't enjoy this movie. I can understand why they're going to wait for it to come out on Disney+. But going out and actively seeing the movie and enjoying it, it's a it's a good movie. It's a likable movie. Is the book a little bit, you know, the script is a little bit weak. Sure. Um, but it, it flows through together. The direction is sound. Um, it's a really compelling villain who has a very clear cause for why she is a villainess. Um, not to mention the fact that she is, in fact, Mary too partnered with Loki in real life. So hey, I don't know that. To see you did not know that they have a baby. Zali no Ashton and um, oh my god, his name is going to Tom Hiddleston. Thank you, Zali wow. Ashton and Tom Hiddleston met in a play in 2018. They were performing together. Um, she ended up getting cast after the fact. He, of course, was already Loki. Um, they fell in love. They have a baby, and you just need to look at all of their red carpet things now because they are just the cutest couple. I I love them. So her being in the Marvel Cinematic Universe right now is just it's very cool that both of them get to play villains, but also seem to be very endearing people in really real life. Um, so I thoroughly enjoyed that, um, just like her existence in the movie. Um, but the reason why the movie is something that you you want to see, and this is just to the people who are listening to this podcast, you're probably thinking, okay, I'm going to catch it on Disney Plus when it comes out. Sure, you can do that. But this is also the first Marvel movie that is written and directed by a Black woman. And if you want to support more of that in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, then please go and watch this movie. Yeah, by being offline, you've also benefited from having to see some of the unfair treatment it seems like she's gotten. Uh, you know, I think a lot of the issues Why? with the movie are not like really her fault. I mean, probably just 
typical like really dumb harassment but also you know people criticizing the, maybe blaming the movie not being as good on her or she there was one thing that was really unfair where she got accused of just ditching the a cast and crew screening that apparently she wasn't invited to i and, read about that it was her birthday and she wasn't invited yeah she'd already made plans for her birthday party before anyone even told her it was happening i don't understand how you have a cast and crew screening without the director and writer i don't i don't and i didn't writer. i didn't I, I, I didn't really read that much up on that. So there's that, you know, but it's like, I think a lot of the things that hamstring this movie are out of her control, in my opinion. Because uh, I mean, again, I had a nice time too. Um, and like, I, I don't know if there's, I, I can pick apart a lot of these movies if you go back and listen to some of them. Funny enough, I think you, 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 you happen to not be able to join for a couple of the ones I've been more critical of recently, because I don't think you did the Black Panther 2 podcast or the Ant-Man and Quantumania podcast. And I, I mean, I had yeah, a decent amount of critiques of both of those, but like, you know, I think this one even more so than those in some ways is like really hampered by just everything going on outside of the MCU. Uh, like just like the schedule and the releasing and the shooting schedules in light of COVID and when this stuff comes out, what they have to account for in incorporating the rest of the MCU. Like, it, I mean, quantum mania is a kind of a connector piece. I think one of the things I talked about that I liked about it was that I didn't think it was as bogged down by the multiverse stuff as I was worried it was going to be. But this one, like, my biggest thing with this movie, and I think, again, I think it's it works in some ways in that, like, it's it's the shortest MCU movie to date, and I'm not someone that complains about these movies being too long overall. Like, you can go back and listen to the podcast we did on Endgame. You didn't hear us say one thing about it being too long. You know, we're yep. happy. As, as long as it's good, we're happy, no matter how long it is. But, like, I think because this movie isn't too long, and maybe there's stuff that, that maybe I can find reasons why it could have been longer, but because it wasn't long, and it moves at a really good pace, and it has some plenty of fun moments, like, I had a very nice time. Even the stuff I've been more critical of in recent years... I don't think they have, a, there's no bad movies. There's just ones I can critique a lot more than others. Like I've had a nice enough time watching it. But uh, I think one thing that I thought as I was watching this was this should have been like the third movie in a Captain Marvel trilogy in where she then kind of passes the torch off to these other people, if you will. Uh, I think people have been talking about it. Like Brie Larson might just not be long for this world. Like they're just, she gets more criti crit criticism. It seems out of any of them than all these people. And I can honestly hear that to some extent. Cause I feel like, you know, one of the critiques of the first movie was like some was of her performance, some was of her character. And it's like, she was an amnesiac. She didn't know who she was for half of that first movie, you know? So I don't necessarily put that on her as a performer that that character had some issues in that movie. And like, I love Brie Larson. Like, I mean, I, I literally force you at gunpoint to watch short term 12. Like I think she should be in, well, I guess she, she, I'm she, so happy that you did. It's such a good movie. But yes. But she's, she's an Oscar winner for a different movie, but like, as far as I'm concerned, she should be a two-time Oscar winner because of that. But like they have her playing an amnesiac in the first Captain Marvel movie. So she doesn't have much of a personality because of that. And I still don't think she has as much of a personality. Like we they talk about her in the context of like growing up or, or with, with uh, Maria Rambeau and being that figure in Monica's life till she wasn't. And it's like, I feel like we hear more about her having this really colorful personality than we actually see because there's this 30 year gap because they made the first one a prequel that's like made her jaded. Cause she's been off like saving the entire universe. And, and I, I think that's an issue. I think this movie hinges on like uh, some of the emotional fulcrum of this movie is her relationship with Monica and how sad Monica is. She was gone. And also, like, what she comes to realize about what she kind of inadvertently did to the Kree by destroy destroying the Supreme Intelligence, like, how, like, they call her an annihilator, and she's kind of reckoning with that a little bit, reckoning with the fact that she left Monica, but all of that is colored by the fact that she had this 30-year gap where she was just off doing other stuff. And we keep hearing about, like, where were you? Where were you? Like, why didn't you do this? You did that. And I really think that, like, I, I think it's weird that, like, we haven't seen more of that, whether it be in flashbacks 
whether it could have been an, and I, I get why they couldn't do a second movie like they the, captain marvel made like over a billion dollars right it was like actually one of the most successful ones and they they, they knew they were going to do a sequel and it's just like this got pushed back like it was originally supposed to come out last year they had issues whatever but like i just feel like if you like knew what was going on in her life during this whole time where she was off doing other stuff so much of the other stuff here would like make more sense and instead it's like you know, there, there isn't a ton of time, like really devoted to like her and Maria, other than like one kind of conversation, her and Monica, other than like one conversation. It's like, I don't understand why you couldn't come back. I, I cause she's like, the, she's like a skeleton key for like the Avengers for the whole world. Like, cause she is that powerful. That's like one of the critiques. It's like, it's almost not fair. It's like a Superman type of thing. And it's like, she finds out she can just light up this whole planet. Like at the end of the movie, it's like, Oh, could, could you have saved us this whole movie if you tried that like two hours before? She she also could have really like saved them by, you know, killing the Kree when they were just coming in and trying to, you know, cause destruction, but she didn't do that either. So, and I don't, I wonder if you, well, wait, so I, you, you told me you watched Miss Marvel. Did you end up watching secret invasion or did you just kind of give up? Cause it wasn't good. Oh, I gave up halfway through. It was terrible. Okay. Well, you, cause I, I didn't know if you like went back to it. Cause you were saying like, all that stuff is great. Like the, 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 that was like, obviously that seems like universally regarded as like one of the worst shows but i'm sure you knew enough to know that a lot of that series is based on the fact that she never like that at least fury even more so than her obviously never found the scrolls a new planet right like they were looking for somewhere to go right. and they're like really mad and they're they're hiding out on earth and some of them are having this uprising because they're just sick of the fact that like fury didn't come through with them they're going to take matters into their own hands so at the end and we know that like at the end of captain marvel uh like at that point by well when talos has that change in captain marvel it's like okay we're knowing we're knowing that like uh, that carol is like on good terms with the scrolls correct and right. they're they're kind of the good guys to the extent that like there are good guys and bad guys in that fight it seems like they both just kind of probably have their bad actors but at the end of this movie i'm like wait so she's just able to like all of a sudden save the kree's planet with like the snap of a finger and she can just go use these powers that have been very well established but during this 30 years when she was like off doing other stuff, she she she's that powerful. She can save the Kree at the drop of a hat. But when she's spending all this 30 years being too busy to like go back and see poor Monica, she couldn't find the she she couldn't find the scroll planet when she can just save the Kree's planet in like one thing. And I kept thinking about all this stuff, and I'm like, I like a lot of the individual parts of this movie, but I feel like a lot of this other stuff. I, I, I like a lot of the individual parts of this movie, but I feel like a lot of this stuff could have been like made so much more sense from a storytelling perspective. If there was just like either maybe another 30 minutes in this movie, which again, fine. Like I get why people liked it at short, or if there was just another movie in between. And I, I'm wondering, I'm wondering if you thought about that, if you were just like, man, I feel like Carol could have been like colored in a little better. I would have liked versus another movie in between. Cause I think that it's a little bit too much for one movie, maybe just like a special or a short, but something that can really, sort of fill in that gap. Although I will tell you that I did find something very endearing about them sort of teasing it the entire time. Well, what did you do during that time period? And turns out, oh, she got married the princess of Aladna. <laughs> I was gonna ask you about that. Which yeah. is, by the way, a world I would like to move to. Like I'm I'm really putting an application out there. I could sing pretty decently. Please accept me to live in your in your world. Um maybe she wasn't actually it, saving worlds as much as she was just hanging out with their cute husband, you know, right? Well, I mean, she was technically bartering a deal. There actually is something I think about that, that I, I read it briefly that, that um, she actually did help him because he was engaged to somebody he didn't want to be engaged to. So instead he married her. Um, but I, I'd also love the fact that, you know, um, 
So just to, to give you some context, and I think that we've discussed, discussed this before, the way that I was introduced to Brie Larson was as a teen pop star because she actually mm-hmm. has an excellent singing voice. So even though it was about 30 seconds worth, I was really happy about that <laughs> um, and got, got to see, you know, her, her fully faceted form kind of showing up in this movie. Um, but I can agree with you that there are definitely some pieces missing um, in terms of the story, but that's not the responsibility of the scriptwriter. It's not. It's it. It's a sequel to Captain Marvel that has not as much to do with Captain Marvel as it has with the other two components. They're equally involved. Yes, Captain Marvel is the main character, but the movie is called The Marvels. So, in yeah. order to do that, you have to fill in context for the other two who had their own TV shows that are in recent memory. The problem is not that they didn't fill in the time and the context of what happened, is that there was nothing in between in general from 2019 to now. That's a lot of time. Right, because I mean, I guess it was up until the events of Endgame that she was like off off Earth doing stuff. So, mm-hmm. but like, I mean, I think that, that stuff does factor into like why she wasn't going to hang out with Monica. And like, I feel like, we would we would understand her more if we really knew what that all that entailed on those other on those other planets that we've been hearing her talk about. But also, I'm like, talking from more of like a Marvel Studios standpoint. Right. No, like that's what I'm saying, and that's what I'm saying. Have... Right. That's what I'm saying. That was out of Nia Costa's hands. Like that's other stuff that like yeah. was part of that was like this that 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 the, whatever would have filled that in that, that those would have been decisions that would have been made without her. So that's why you don't necessarily want to blame her for that as much. You know. Right. And, and I'll tell you, for me, that's a minute detail when it comes to this movie. Like I'm taking the movie based off of base value and what they're giving me. I'm not necessarily speculating as to, I, I do feel that they gave us at least a significant amount of context for what they had to work with. Um, I think anything else would have drawn on a little bit longer. I don't agree with having too many flashback sequences. Um, you know, I feel like a very big part of what made the first movie work, though, is the fact that she, um, you know, didn't have those flashbacks until she was remembering who she was as a person. And in order to do that now, it would be a little bit, uh, it wouldn't work with the flow of the movie. I, I like that everything was very face forward and talking about the teamwork between the, the other two main characters of the movie, you know, to yeah. which point I want to bring up that I, what made the movie work for me is when they all started working together. Um, I was going to tell you that too. Like, that those sequences were great. Right. And like, and like one thing that I, one thing that I, and I agree with you that it's like, it was like the best parts of the movie, but like one thing that like, actually, cause I, I wasn't saying I needed more flashbacks. I'm just saying like, that was my overall thing about this movie was that it just felt like a incomplete part of, it felt like part of an incomplete whole uh, that should have been like the thing that completed the whole but like for instance when they all put the, i don't i don't i couldn't remember if you put a gun to my head i couldn't tell you why they needed to put on those like those horn things to go into their inner consciousness and memories because they the- wanted to remember what um where she was potentially targeting next so they had to look at the star systems right but like that entailed and like that was going- in their memories so somehow they could tell in their own memories where Darbin was going to go next. No, she saw it. Um, Iman, Miss um, Marvel saw it when they were in um, her her ship, and she said, "Well, she's looking at you know stars, and she's looking at like galaxies." Goes, you happen to know what constellation she was looking at, and she just goes, "The stars." So uh, then they had to go back into her memories in order for Captain Marvel to figure. This is like I said, where the teamwork starts building in. Um, in order for Captain Marvel to start figuring out, okay, where exactly are they 
uh, targeting next. And then that's when they ended up figuring out that it was Aladna. I think that that whole sequence right there, I would have rather like, I don't know. I don't think it needed to necessarily be like that. I almost would have rather them just like had a conversation where they talked about themselves together. Cause that all involved them just like going and seeing these, like mo- these like montages of their past. And it would have been, I-, I enjoyed all their dialogue when they were talking to each other for the most part. And I think that would have almost been a better scene like that. It was just so fun to watch them interact. And even though like, I wish Carol was a little more colorful as a, at, just as a person, I wish they gave her more personality and they asked Brie Larson to just be a little more fun you know, again, I think she's probably just more serious and jaded because of all that stuff for the last 30 years that we just don't really know about. But it's her when her be, she her being deadpan and serious is very funny when you have uh, Kamala just like, you know, fangirling out. And you you missed the true point of that sequence. It had nothing to do with them getting together as a group. It had to do with showing um, a Maria Rambo so that way they can flash back the sequence of um of uh, Monica sitting by the bed when she ended up um I'm gonna say reverse um dissolving I don't I don't know what what's like the is there a, a term for like unsnapping when they unsnapped her when she was unsnapped when they bl- got blipped back got blipped back when she got blipped back and she was standing by the hospital bed and her mother had died and she wasn't there. They ended up creating an allegory for the after credit, which we will wait to talk about. That is what ended up happening. It was a mirror between the two of them. So when Monica ends up waking up at the end of the movie, okay, we're just going to spoil it. Yeah, we're we're spoiling it. Maria is standing next to her, sitting next to her by the side of the bed. It's in exactly the same side of the frame, exactly where she was. So it's like a dream sequence, but turns out, oh no, it's actually not her mother. It's Photon, aka Captain Marvel, in an alternate universe that also happens to have foxes. Who's not her mom? Played by Kelsey. No, it's not her mom. It's not her mom in this universe. Yeah, in, in the universe, is, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it is. It is Photon, and that is Maria Rambo, or it could be Carol Danvers. We don't know how they're going to play that. All they know is that she's called Photon which is a version of Captain Marvel's character in the comic books. Captain Marvel has also been played by Maria Rambo in the comics. So we don't know where they're going with this one, right? Multiverse is open. We've already been playing around with this significantly. So it could be anybody or anything. Well, let's talk about the fact that Hank McCoy and Frazier, a.k.a. Kelsey Grammer, are also in there. And they're talking about Charles Xavier. Anything uh, goes now, man. Yeah, hold on. Let's let's put that. Let's put a pin in that till the end, though. I, 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 I want to I talk about the rest of the movie. We're not doing a spoiler section. I don't care that you went there. I'd, I'd, I'd rather just kind of wait till the end to kind of talk about where we see things going. But the whole uh, point is that it was a mirror between the two. That's yeah, no, the reason why I, they did that sequence. I got you. I just wanted more of them talking to each other instead of just like in their own heads. But, but yeah, so like you're already a big fan of Amon coming into this. So like, what what what, what did you? Her. So what did you think of her getting the big stage now? This is her movie debut. Let's just put that out there. She was, just pu- she was pulled from obscurity. Person. She was like pulled from obscurity to get the role in the first place for the show, right? She was a fan. Yeah. She was literally a fan. She dressed up as Captain Marvel for Halloween. I'm uh, sorry, Miss Marvel for Halloween a couple of years before. She was just a fan. And now she's helping to write comic books. She's very involved. So literally, Iman is all of our dreams come true. If we were also a teenager 
who wanted to emulate a superhero and they mm-hmm. wanted to be them and they found a lot of commonality in them hint hint you know me me and uh wanna maximoff you never know hey <laughs> um but but that is exactly what happened she was not just picked from obscurity is that she had a very specific adoration for that specific character i didn't know i I didn't and i didn't know that till a couple days ago i knew she never acted before i didn't realize she was actually that big of a captain marvel fan beforehand huge i'm very convinced that there is a specific person on reddit that spoils all this marvel stuff and it's actually her (laughs) um so every single every single time i'm just like iman i know it's you (laughs) i just comment on all of the stuff that they post but like she she was somebody who when, when she's acting in this movie not relaxing that much man she's like very excited about this like when she's saying oh my god is this an avengers test oh my god you're nick fury oh my god it's captain Mar-. literally i don't think she's acting i like when she was so excited like oh wow they have intel on me <laughs> <laughs> oh my god well if, if this is supposed to be top secret why is it clear <laughs> it's so good it was she nailed every single line to me by the way she was the star of the film i'm sorry she nailed it yeah like i mean i just enjoyed her energy even more than the other two marvels and i it's also impressive is that like you know in the show like i there weren't that there weren't that many other like known actors in the show like i I mean like the guy that the guy that plays like stewie on succession was like one of the uh one of the agents that was like kind of investigating her and i and and i I didn't wreck i don't think i recognized like any of the other performers really on the show so i mean not not to say that those people weren't experienced in some other way but like they 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 weren't as big in names as the people she is like sharing the screen with in this movie and she doesn't like and she like holds her own you don't come away from being like oh wow you can tell that that's the one that never acted in anything three years ago and this is the person that's these are the academy award winners or nominees with respect to you know Samuel Jackson and Brie Larson and also Tayona Paris Paris has been in like a lot of stuff too like she's just she she seemed like she belonged and I was very happy for her that she wasn't like overwhelmed by the moment in getting to be a part of this whole thing and and she wasn't not only that but like she was by all accounts everyone just got is like just agreeing that she was like the best part of it which is pretty cool yeah and also her acting coach needs to drop their details and every uh-huh. single solitary thing that they're talking about when it comes to her acting because really you would not know that she in comparison to the oscar winner that mm. she is the one that's the newer actress she really mm. i mean minus by age but i'm talking about her chops really were significant and she took those serious scenes very well um her just I, I don't know just like the way that she would kind of you know look at certain things her eyes i mean it was it was very very well well acted mm-hmm. on her part so kudos to you iman um and and you know we can talk about the storyline with her family as well that was a very heartwarming uh moment with her with her mom in particular i got a little bit emotional actually it made me think of my mom yeah so her family is obviously a very big part of the show like they're just like uh stereotypical very strict asian parents that won't let her do anything and here it's like it's kind of funny you pick up and they've it seems like they've like resigned themselves to the fact that they're not going to be able to control her they can like you know look out for her and they have her best interest at heart but like they're not even bothering being like no you don't get to go fight this like intergalactic war they're like all right well if we have to come with you on the spaceship i guess we're gonna have to come to go on the spaceship and they're they're not putting up much of a fight and they're still very enjoyable all the same uh and i mean to begin with with the facetime sequence like 
Kamala, you're not going to space. <laughs> but the, but, the, but the, 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 those the, those protests don't really get them anywhere. They are in space soon enough, as is she, and they have to accept that she's going to go off and she's going to help them. And they've kind of it's. I, th- I think it's in a nice place. It doesn't necessarily I mean. It, it feels like you know by the end of kept by the end of Miss Marvel, she had like she had saved Jersey City, and her parents yeah. have just kind of had to come to come to accept the fact that like all right, our daughter has these abilities, and we're going to have to deal with it. And so it kind of made sense that like they were they were not as uh, uptight in that one as they are here. And that allowed them to also be like incredibly funny. And her brother gets off some really good lines too. So Mm -hmm. um, I can't, I, I, I I guess it was more for their own safety than anything. I honestly can't remember why they get brought up on the ship with fury and their safety and all this and and all the saber people. Um, But like they're there and they're hanging out and they're just kind of having to, having to take it all in at one point, her dad is giving financial advice to one of the people. And it's hilarious because he's trying to give him like long-term retirement planning. He's like, how old are you? He's like 306. That that might or might not have been like a highlight of the movie for me because you, as I the kept finance nodding person. my head as you, as the finance person, I kept nodding my head at everything that he was saying. So, so he was that giving was he, too early or he too was giving late. sound he was giving sound advice, right? <laughs> he really was giving sound advice. This is not an endorsement, nor is it a recommendation. As, <laughs> but it was it was a very they're a very endearing family, and I that's what I liked about the show as well as that. Everything about this, the whole family is, is very endearing, very loving. Um, and, you know, people specifically in, let's say, just Disney property as a whole, that they just have issues with strong family unions and dead parents. So it's very nice to have a strong family unit that is very supportive, all parents present and accounted for. It's it's just it's a nice thing to see. Yeah, I, I'm trying to remember which, which movie... I feel like there's one somewhat recent movie we might have talked about. I can't remember where we talked about a family, a family unit of sorts. I can't, that might've been like on one of the last Pixar movies podcast I did with Joe, uh, but like it, where we, we couldn't really talk about that many other like complete human families you see, but like how many other like full, like, I think that might've been with me, but I don't remember. I don't know. Movie but like, it was. But like, but like how many other like Marvel movies can you think of where it's like the, the hero comes from like a complete non-broken home? Not to say that you can't accomplish great things if you are, but like how often, like you said, that's just like a motivator in a lot of these movies. Like someone has some family issues and how often do we just get to see, it's, it's just a different thing to I see. I mean, Hawkeye, Marvel. but technically that wasn't true for like Yeah, and he's, and he's hiding them a lot. It's not, So it's not like a, an essential part of that character for like the first, like however many years we knew of him, you know? Like we didn't see his, what, we didn't see his family until like, what, uh, uh, Infinity War, right? Infinity um, War, yeah. yeah so Infinity like, War. Yeah, so at the end, which was like, you know, 10 years into the, having Hawkeye in the, in, in, as a character. So uh, like, there's this very other few, like, I mean, you know, like, it's like, like Shang-Chi has parent, parental issues. Like, you know, like Steve's yeah. a man out of time. We don't know his family. Like, you know, uh, uh, Black Widow Dr. comes Strange. from like a really messed up part. We yeah. don't really know anything about Dr. Strange's like pre like adult life. Like very few like characters who we actually get to see how they've been shaped by their parents. So not only is it just yeah. like a very different kind of energy having him on there, but like that character has like, a, like is, we just have a lot of context for her that we don't have for other ones, which is really cool. Uh, like Kate Even Monica Rambo in that movie has an entire situation with her mom, and then the foil character for her is Kamala Khan, who has a very strong mother who is very, in, you know, in in trusting in the people around her to make sure that they're keeping her daughter safe. I mean, it is it is a very honestly like the 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 
dominating themes are very maternal in it. And I think that that's maybe one of the things that I like about it is that mm-hmm. it's very female dominant. It's very maternally dominant. Um, I don't know, except for, um, you know, Thor Ragnarok, um, the last time that we had a true oh. female villainess. Thor might be the other answer to who else we know about his full family from. We get met his mom, we met his dad, we met his brother. Uh, they all go through yeah. stuff. Uh, that might be the other character who we've like had the most context for how he was raised. Uh, and his remember. sister, who is oh yeah, one of my of all time. <laughs> forgot about her. But yes, we do. We we do meet her later too. So yeah, no, I you know you know I feel like in a in a in a in a lesser movie, maybe this stuff on the ship feels even more essential, inessential than it actually is. But like her family is so fun. What did, what did you think about the the flirt and escape? So eventually, uh, as Darban is like, you know, she she's she's gone onto the singing planet to like steal their water. She she's like uh, wants to turn her attention to Earth. But like in route to doing that, I think if I'm getting the 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 chronology right of this, she's like, all right, I'm gonna go destroy this other ship where all these other folks are. So they know someone is coming for them. They got to evacuate that ship, and they don't. They're basically the Titanic. They don't have enough escape pods, so they decide that they're gonna uh, find a different way off of this, and they need the forkin to swallow all the all the whatever you want. I don't even want to call them people because they are aliens. It, it it was less about the destruction and more that because of the fact that they were in space and there was activity in space, um, and it was causing. Um, like all of the rifts that they were creating was causing mm. havoc to the space station. Not to mention the fact that the sun was literally being. Oh, okay. Raised. I guess yeah, maybe, 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 Oh yeah, maybe Darwin wasn't coming after them specifically. I just I misremembered that. But yeah, so in order to get off of that though, and to just save them and try and get them back to, I guess, get back to Earth because they knew knew they'd be safe there, assuming that the sun didn't get destroyed. Uh, they uh they 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 transport themselves via forkin into an escape pod uh did, did did you get a kick out of that scene or was it like too goofy for you i could not stop laughing <laughs> okay. honestly like i actually the entire movie all of the moments that works for the ha-has i did laugh very heartily and my so did, my, so did the audience in the movie that was on and i mean there was like maybe 10 of us but you know, we sad. were all enjoying it. it and it was a monday night so just keeping that in mind as well but um i thought the second that I saw that little brain looking thing, I'm like, oh my God, Goose is laying eggs. It's eggs. And then just the little tiny baby cat coming out of it. It was, it was so good. I can't get enough of it. I do understand that also, I think if I'm correct, Brie Larson has a very severe cat allergy. So I that just that. makes it funnier for me. Yeah, apparently she does. I remember reading that from the first movie. So in addition to that, you know, as someone who is also allergic to cats, Brie Larson is calling me. We can you know, talk about how sad we are about this. I wonder, I wonder how um, many, I wonder how many of the Furkin are CGI and how many of them are cats in light of that. <laughs> I have a feeling that most of them are CGI, but it, it was just, they were literally hurting cats. It was mm. good. I, if, if the entire, you know, set up from the beginning of just bringing the cat into Kamala's house to begin with had to do with that hurting cats joke. Bravo. Good long con. Fan of it. I, I appreciate when one of these movies can like, you know, admits all the serious stuff, like find something that goofy. And you don't really think of that many of these movies as like finding goofy moments like that in their climaxes, aside from like guardians. So I, I, I respect that they went there and it didn't necessarily feel like totally out of place. Cause it's been like well-established that these four can have other you know that 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 they are what they are and that like you know they can they can do weird stuff like that so why not actually utilize it for more than just like a one-off goof 
every now and then like it make it it's been it's they planted the seeds for that so it didn't feel like too out of nowhere or just like like an unnecessary gag or something like that it's like oh the this is some utility that i i suppose they have and we'll take advantage of it and give give the audience something to laugh at even amidst all this very like serious stuff with the going on with the korean the scroll and all that um, I mean, they planted the seeds, but you might as well say that they laid the eggs for it. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, yeah. Uh, is there any, um, so, I mean, so I guess, what do you think of like where the movie kind of goes after that with respect to um, ultimately the resolution where uh, I guess eventually uh, Monica and Carol and Kamala, they, they, they track down Darbin and, uh, they're able. In, some, we talked a little bit about their conversations on the ship earlier. They they've kind of harnessed and figured out this power switching stuff a little bit and how they can effectively do it within the fight. And they're able to kind of like take on Darbin later on. And I've got you covered on that one. I know exactly what you're going to ask, and I know exactly what I'm going to say. What do you think I'm going to ask? You're going to ask specifically when it comes to the power switching stuff. Is what are you, you understood it? Be doing what? Oh, I thought you were going to see if I see if I thought you were going to explain it to me because honestly, I honestly don't know if I could explain exactly all the science that went into that. But um, oh, I could do that too, but that's not the so, reason why I okay. it's important for them to do the the uh, switching off because none of them had ever worked in a team before until that time, and that's going to lead to the Young Avengers. That's going to lead to Captain Marvel working with somebody in the future, and that's also going to lead to hopefully Photon at some point in the future, maybe working with her mom maybe okay so that 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 what that I mean that was important i mean not that like I, I think we have less context for monica like we saw monica in one division get her powers but we don't necessarily know a ton about her like she's working for i guess was it still called saber or did the thing yeah. she was working for in one division okay that it was still called saber at that point so we know she worked for something like that but yeah never necessarily been a part of a team-up group like this it's again as it's well established uh carol's been just off doing her own thing saving planets for 30 years and Kamala was kind of on her own in the last one, even if she kept like coming into contact with different people and, and Miss Marvel that like may or may not have been on her team. Like, yeah, she did a lot of that on her own eventually. So it was cool. They all had their own reasons and they all had their own things they had to get over to come together to do that. I'm not, I'm, I'm not actually so concerned with like what the science and what the portals were and why they were actually having this power switch off. It doesn't really matter that much in the grand scheme of things. No. Even if I, I, I honestly could not have explained it to you right after God of the movie, I don't think it necessarily matters that much, but like, what did you think about how they actually executed it? And like, uh, technically pulled that off as far as like showing how it worked like one of them would have to come in for another one and finish that move or uh or and then like how they had to learn how to like actually understand where they were going to end up at a certain point to thus can to, to to keep everything going actually smoothly especially if they're going to take on someone together and then they actually do it against darbin what how, how did you think the movie kind of like came together as they actually like came up against her because at the end of the day it's it's interesting in that like it's almost like they had to do something like that to make it so it wasn't so simple for Carol because Carol could just kick anyone's ass in all of the MCU. So uh, I think it served that purpose too. But what did you think about them like ultimately coming together to fight her in that manner? Well, Carol's kryptonite is literally depending on anybody. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a, that's an interesting point. Yeah. So they basically, they, they have her fighting with one hand tied behind her back because anytime that she used a light-based power the same time that one of the other ones did, that's when they switch. Mm. So when they're all trying to fight together and two of them are using their powers at the same time, that's where the switch off is happening. So the the why I think that it's more gimmicky than anything, why they ended up getting to that point, but the way that they executed it, and specifically I'm talking about the Rocky sequence when they're doing double dutch. Um, mm. I was 
I, I liked how visually they were trying to kind of show that they can transplant themselves into the other one's position, anticipating the other one's move, communicating with each other, but more importantly than that, working as a team, because I think that none of them had ever had the opportunity to truly work on, on a team with each other um, or with anybody for that matter. And if you're going to want to continue the trajectory of these characters, they can't continue to work single-handedly. That's exactly the reason why there's no Captain Marvel 2. It's the Marvels. It's, mm -hmm. it's done intentionally because they've expanded this universe way too much and they need to consolidate it some way, shape, or form. And they got to put multiple characters in the same movie. And that's just the only way to do it. So when the Young Avengers comes out, you've got Kate Bishop, you've got um, uh, Cassie Lang, you've got probably Yelena, um, and then more than likely you have Wanda's boys in it. No, I'm I'm really excited to talk about that. And like I, uh, yeah, I guess again, this is uh, a lot of this is going towards setting that up and you know getting Kamala in the mood to like uh, work with other people. But yeah, so th th they overcome that. And I, this really not a. T I mean, again, I thought the fight came together fine. It, it, you know, a lot of people like to criticize some of these for the way these movies end, and like I'm not one that gets yeah, on. It was great. Yeah, well, a lot of people get on every single one of these movies saying, oh, it's ending in some stupid CGI fest, yada, yada, yada. It's like, how do you want these movies to end? Like, you're going to see a superhero movie. Do you not want to see any special effects? Like, I think that is a, a critique that gets thrown at these movies a little too cavalierly. But, you know, by, by the standards of this, like, I think because of the way they had to come together to fight, it did feel a little different from how uh, some of these movies end as far as the kind of fight. It was more on the level of, like, the one at the end of Civil War when those three guys are just fighting in that, like, very enclosed space, basically, as opposed to, like, you know, like, other bigger set pieces, which I was fine with. It felt like something different. I liked the way they worked together. So I think the movie did that well. So we're gonna yeah, add I, I agree with you. And, mm -hmm. and I think in addition to that, I, I actually do have one critique. What mm. ended up happening to the other two planets that were being destroyed? Just want to know after that. Yeah, so, I mean, that's, 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 so that's that's what I'm saying. It's like I enjoyed the the actual fight, but like what I was going to say after that was like I didn't necessarily love the resolution of the whole thing because again, like it, I I didn't like how like nonchalantly she just goes and saves this other planet. Where in this in the course of this movie, we see the scroll like have their cu population cut in half again as they get run yeah. off of that other refugee planet, and where I think is where they're kicking the air from, if I remember correctly, was the one they were getting they were maybe doing that, Hurrah. and they, they, we just see the scroll cut in half when they were already refugees on that one planet and Carol and Fury have still never found somewhere to go, but then she just goes and saves the Kree like really fast at the end of the movie. And like that, that felt kind of incomplete. There's these other planets. We know we never get filled in on them, including the one where she is married to the Prince. Uh, I need a to know what happens to Aladna. I mm -hmm. have to know because I will be moving there. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, if there was ever another world Maya was to live on, it's the one where you speak in musical, right? hundred percent. This is my world. <laughs> these are my people. I, ho I, um, I hope they survive for your sake. Thank um, you. I appreciate that. So, yeah, thinking about them. <laughs> so, so, so that's the funny thing about this movie is like I was left with all, like all these questions and I'm like, the story that you guys wanted to tell with respect to this movie, I don't like th this movie and the plot of this specific movie that drives the yeah. plot of this movie forward. I didn't so much like. However, they had their own other ending for the, the characters in and of themselves. Like you see, you see, great, yeah. you, you see Carol go back to, uh, you see Carol go back to New Orleans or Louisiana, and I guess she's going to kind of live there some, and she's helping. For some reason, Kamala's family is, like, moving there. I get that they got their place destroyed at the beginning, but, like, I'm, why couldn't they have just helped them fix their place in Jersey City if they wanted to stay there? I don't I don't, I don't quite get that. Yeah, that one was a little bit unclear to me as well. Should, but shouldn't, shouldn't, Saber have, shouldn't Saber have paid to get their house fixed, you know? 
Um, I don't. I, yeah. All good questions. I have no idea why she's moving into Maria Rambo's old house. Don't ask. That, me. It, it, it that was just kind of a given. We were just supposed to accept. I don't know. But like, it seems I, like yeah. it seems like Carol's gonna hang out there for a bit longer. Uh, we see. Uh, I, I guess, and we see, in 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 like, I guess, I, I forgot. Did we see Monica in another moment besides that? I can't remember if like we saw some other fine. Oh, besides besides the post credit sequence. Um. I don't know. Um, no, she no. was she was basically getting sucked in, and then she wakes up there. But right. I do want to really quickly talk about Kamala and how she uh, does the allegory to the end of the first Iron Man movie, where Nick Fury is sitting saying, "You thought you were the only superhero, and I want you to look into something called the Avengers Initiative." And it was perfect. Yeah. So, so, it was kind of, so yeah. So, like again, they all get their own endings. I guess that's Carol's ending, and then I mean the thing that like I like I said, this left me feeling with a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth based on how they ended the plot of that movie. But then I got so excited with this other stuff because uh, we see, like you said, Kamala is pulling a Nick Fury. But at the same time, I knew before we even like really saw what was going on that like it's it, it's also hearkening back to Yelena sneaking up on Kate in her apartment in Hawkeye. Yeah. And which was like, the, like maybe the best scene out of like that. The Yelena Kate scene in Hawkeye is probably the best scene out of like all of the, the, the first Yelena Kate scene in Kate's apartment is probably the best scene out of all the TV shows, in my opinion. And yeah. uh, so, so like it, it you, you kind of, it's like Kate's like, God damn it, I can't keep this place secure. And, but on top of that, you get to see Kamala getting her Nick Fury on. And that was just delightful. One, because like, it's, I, I'm like constantly like, you know, I have a lot of things going on in my life, but I still find time to be upset that like Haley Steinfeld hasn't been in a live action movie in five years. So it feels like it's like setting that up. Like, I don't know if Young Avengers is supposed to be a show or a movie, but like either way, and now we're now two months, two years post Hawkeye. Like I want Haley Steinfeld to act again and stop trying to be a singer. And this promises that like we are coming back to that. And it was so fun to watch them interact, even though you only got like two lines from Haley. Kamala is like really in her element, like building a team, even though like, you know, it's kind of funny because like, uh, like as as she says, like I'm getting, I want to put a kid team together, and Kate's like, I'm 23, and uh, yeah, and she's like, 27 in a couple of days, so you know. Ugh. But but like Kamala, Kamala is like still a high scorer, so there's like an age difference there. But it's like the high score, like you know, uh, recruiting the person that like at least in that world is like. Uh, older than college age so it's kind of funny she's yeah. taking it's funny that she is the one taking the lead in that but it makes sense that she would you know just based on her personality like she is the one that would be excited enough to do that whereas like kate would probably be a loner until someone else like made her to unless she could like work with hawkeye or hero which is kind of funny that, the, that's exactly why i like that kamala mm -hmm. basically got recognized and she even got so many kudos from theory as well because i think that as a character that gives her the confidence in order to continue doing what she's doing. But also, you know, now she has all of these super secret saber intel. Um, you know, it's going to be a very fun thing. Like, I mean, Iman really led this movie comedically. And I think that if they're going to make Young Avengers a comedy, she should be the person who's leading it because she's got talent. So I don't think that they would have put her at the helm of this if she wasn't as talented as she is i oh, don't yeah. think that they intended for her to do that yeah i mean regardless i mean i think god it's just i think like florence pew is like on a whole other level of movie star at the moment like i really hope they could get her to do it but it's like when you're like getting to do things like oppenheimer and dune 2 are they really going to get her to be like just a part of an ensemble for a show i don't know they're but even like, considering her for the last of us I, I had not heard that so it's like i mean hopefully yeah. she hopefully she i know like 
I just know like anecdotally and like from social media that like her and Haley liked working together on uh, Hawkeye and like maybe that alone she wants to go hang out with these people and they'll hopefully they pay her a lot of money and she just does it because I mean just the three of them I think is like plenty of comedy there and then you can bring in the other people if you want but that's all I really care about is the three of them being on the screen together that would be so much fun I mean rumor has it and it's a very vague and probably not true rumor that she's dating Andrew Garfield I had not heard that one uh Mm. It's a it's a very like this is a gossipy gossipy thing, <laughs> but like you never know. Never know. So I'm very excited for that. I I I don't know if you've done much more uh, research or googling, or you even know when the like what form a Young Avengers thing would take. There's there's not even any MCU movies, uh, you know, really on on the calendar for next year. Really, I think the only actual Marvel property that's even getting a release next year is Deadpool three. So I don't know what the timeline is for any of this stuff it could be a very long time but like i appreciated them at least getting me excited about that after an ending that was otherwise kind of lackluster and then that brings us to the last thing where we saw monica's ending like you already talked about earlier where she is then interacting with uh she, she, she then wakes up and is confronted by a different version of maria and hank mccoy kelsey Grammer is hank mccoy who i i could it's had to have been 10 years since he was on the screen in some way because he definitely wasn't in like dark phoenix which was like the last one of those movies to come out i'm pretty i don't think he was in dark phoenix uh maybe he was uh, but like he just hasn't had like a, a ton of a, t- a ton of memorable moments in some way, and all of a sudden he's there, and uh, and 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 yeah, so yeah, it says he's reprising his role from The Last Stand and Days of Future Past. So yeah, okay, so it's been nine years. Days of Future Past came out in 2014. Well, Days uh, of Future Past also I think had Nicholas Holt, and then they ended up doing like a backwards and forwards. Exactly. So yeah, but like I, I, first of all, I don't know if I've ever uh, because like there hasn't been a uh, Dark Phoenix came out in like. I think the spring of 2018. Uh, so that I was want to say it was like 2016 or 2018. I'm not 100% sure. I'll look oh, that wait. up right now. Yeah, no, it came. Oh, wait, it came out in 2019. Oh, no, I think I might have actually done Did a podcast. Did I do a podcast on it? And I just totally forgot. I might have. Um, it, it came out in the spring of 2019. It came out in summer 2019. It, it feels so much longer because okay. it just feels like, yeah. So uh, Dark Phoenix. I think I might have just skipped it because everyone was so indifferent about it. So that's why I, I never did a podcast on it, actually. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's been that long. It feels like it's been longer because that thing just came and went. Um, it wasn't, it was just a, a failure on several levels, even with all the talent involved, but like, because of that, you know, like you were a regular on this podcast at that point, And for whatever reason, it's like, it just, that thing just didn't register. No one, no one really, it just came and went. It wasn't exactly in the Marvel universe at that point. Well, yeah. It was still the Fox universe. Right. Well, yeah. So that, that was like either the Disney Fox merger had just been announced, but not actually taken place. And it was very early. But like, I mean, point being, it's still a Marvel thing, but like, for whatever reason, like it just didn't register enough for me to even like try and talk to people about like getting a podcast done on it. You know what I mean? It was not a good movie to be fair. Definitely. But like my point being like, because that was like, that barely was its own blip. Like you and I've never talked about like the X-Men side of the MCU before. I don't know if you have much of a relationship with them. Do you care about this stuff enough? Like how, how excited, if you care about all those movies enough that came out from between 2002 and 2019, I guess that it seems seems like they're going to, at least to some extent, like, these are top secret Kevin Feige plans. I'm sure he has some plan to like utilize it, but is trying to do it in the smartest way because things are a bit of a nadir for the other side of things right now. And they're going to have to figure out how to integrate these other characters to get people really excited because everyone's very down on stuff right now. So when you see like a, a glimmer of it, like we did at the, like we did at the, um, 
in that moment in where Patrick Stewart pops up in uh, the last Doctor Strange movie or something like this. Like, what is going through your mind? What are your what, what are your hopes and dreams when you see them like starting to dip their toe in this water? Um, what's going through my mind is, you know, loud girlish screaming noises because <laughs> I, I, I'm keeping in mind, I was about seven or eight when the first X-Men came mm-hmm. out. I saw it so many times. We had the DVD. I watched it as many times. I watched the second one when it came out. I watched the third one when it came out. I watched them all. I mean, I, I really am you know, endeared towards those characters. And even though, you know, the standalone Wolverine movie originally was not great, um, Logan is probably one of my favorite superhero movies. Oh, that was like, that was was my, that was my second favorite movie of 2017. Yeah, I I mean, I still haven't seen it in the, I'm going to call it the Kurosawa mode. I haven't seen it in black and white yet. I would love to. That movie was, perfect so bringing just Hugh Jackman alone into the Deadpool universe not to mention the fact that the two of them are just you know good friends you know I've been very excited about that but now that this is all Marvel property and Kevin Feige has his hands on it I'm really excited because as you know great as these movies were back then um you know they weren't without its appeal to the masses i'm going to say they weren't as nerdy as they possibly could have been so they can maybe get into the actual you know depths of the, the the characters in the intellectual property i don't know i think that you have a huge opportunity now that you're you know bringing mutants into this universe so we'll see i do think that it will be nice if wolverine actually is on the avengers those who know know Hmm. um probably not going to happen that's just you know a pipe dream who, who, even are the, who, who even are the avengers at this point too they can do anything with these multiverses and whatnot but it felt like logan was like a fitting into hugh jackman's version of the character let's just say that much without going into detail but then he's coming back for deadpool 3 but in deadpool 3 like there are even more ways you can just like finger wave that because it's so meta they could just be, like they could just be like, oh, he died, but he's back here just because we felt like it, and the contracts worked out. Like they could just do that for Deadpool three, and you just have to accept it. But for like the rest of this, it feels like there might be some like gymnastics if Hugh Jackman were to come back. And who's to say he even would even want to? Maybe like he, the only way he would want to come back to this character is if it was in like a, such a wacky different context, like Deadpool three. I don't know, but like they can go in so many other ways with the casting, and you never know. They could just find some act, up and coming actor that you're everyone really likes to like be some other version of Wolverine, and then that's great. He's also somehow integrated into this. I, I just don't even know what to expect because I don't have as deep of a knowledge of the comics. Like I've seen all the movies, it does seem like Fantastic Four is coming first, uh, based on like the initial announcement. Yeah, but, January fifteenth, probably... they're starting to film. Oh, I, they're starting to film. For Fantastic yeah, they're starting to film in January 15th, but they haven't even fully cast everybody. I don't think they've cast any of the main four roles. It's just been rumors. That's very interesting. I didn't know they had a script. Um, as much as I love Pedro Pascal, I really hope that he's not Mr. Fantastic. I mean, he's just been in a lot of stuff recently. I mean, it's like... Is it's he, a little too much, yeah. I mean, aren't you, the, aren't you the one that became friends with him? Didn't you see him at a movie theater or something? I did see him in a movie theater. It's one of the greatest <laughs> um, But yeah, I guess, you know, I, I, I'll just say to wrap it up, though. Like, I mean, like, it's, it seems like we are intrigued by the possibilities that that opens up. 
you know, in, in an otherwise like uneven movie that like we both found some stuff to be excited about. I thought it was smart to kind of tease this stuff because it gives someone, it gives people stuff to be excited about, even if they, they, they themselves probably knew that, you know, the Marvels wasn't like the strongest entry into the whole thing. Uh, it, it was smart to get, to have a couple, drop a couple things in there we can be excited about, though it feels like we're going to have to wait a while to actually like see what any of that leads to, you know? So, yeah. Um, any other final, any other final thoughts, Maya, on, uh, I've been, I've been looking, you know, side on the side and apparently people argue that Wolverine and Spider-Man should not be Avengers, which I don't know, maybe I know it a little bit differently. Um, there's been so many iterations of it. That's what I know about the Avengers. So who knows, but, um, any final thoughts about this? I am. I'm a proponent of having more films that just don't have to blow your mind. It's movies. It's not, you know, literal rocket science. You don't have to feel like you're walking away feeling like a changed person. I, and I mean, my movie was $11 and that was a nice way to spend my Monday night. And I enjoyed the movie and I laughed and I walked away happy and isn't that what the movies are all about? Not everything has to be an Oscar contender. Thank you for listening to my TED talk. Hmm. And now I'm looking back at the like the Wikipedia for it and stuff like that. It's like I honestly, and this is on me for not being a better researcher and podcaster. Uh, I, I can't. I couldn't tell you what the difference between like. Uh, I guess the, the space station is called Saber, but the company is actually called Sword, or the, the agency is called Sword. Sword. Is that it? Sword. Yeah. I kept, I kept calling them Saber, but Saber is the space station. So, uh, wanted to correct myself on that. Didn't catch myself before we signed off to just make that little fact there. Correct that fact error. Um, yeah, I don't really. Have- we, we've both done some some corrections over here, so. Um, maybe I'm losing my touch when it comes to my knowledge of the comic books. From what I remember as a kid, Spider-Man and Wolverine were in the Avengers. Maybe I'm remembering wrong. I, I don't know. I don't have a strong opinion on that. Like, I mean, it, it, it seems like it means a lot to you where they end up going with that. But again, I don't know who the Avengers are now. I don't have any knowledge of the comics. I just hope the next stuff they put out is really good. But, you know, maybe there's something good, good to be said for that going forward, that there isn't really anything on the release schedule beyond the extent to which they're going to connect Deadpool 3 to all this stuff. And maybe it'll just give them time to like, you know, really think this stuff out and not put it out, put it all out too fast, which seems like it might've been hurting them a little bit the last couple of years. Do I, I don't, have you watched, have you watched Loki season two yet? Oh yeah. That was going to be my, if you want to recommend anything. Yeah. That was the next question. I don't have anything to add on this other than like, I hope people check it out. I, I want, I'd like them to support Nita Costa and, and get incur, even if they're not doing well financially, you know, hopefully they're encouraged to, you know, fund more things and uh, with, with, with Iman and get the young Avengers into production sooner. So go see this movie, even if I was like, you know, kind of mixed on it. Uh, Maya, what else have you been watching recently? You would like to recommend to the listeners? So there's, I'm going to name a Marvel and then a Marvel adjacent thing. My mm-hmm. Marvel thing is please watch Loki. Please. I haven't the yet. I just, of- I Josh. Yeah, I know. It, someone told me it wasn't essential for the Marvels and I just haven't gotten to it. I have a couple of them downloaded and I was just like, it just seemed like homework to like follow all the time changing and time jumping. And I'm like, oh, I, might, I need a, I, I don't want to give myself a headache now. I was, I was worried. It is so well done. Okay. It ends on such a good note. And in addition to that, when you're done with it, you're going to sit there in your chair or on your couch, wherever you're going to be watching this, and just sit there for a while and just say, wow, that was a really satisfying ending. And I'm not okay. going to say anything else about it. Good. Okay. And your other thing that's adjacent? 
Um, it has to do with our very own uh, Deadpool. Um, Welcome to Wrexham is, mm-hmm. is, is a very, if you're a fan of Ted Lasso, you need to be watching Welcome to Wrexham. Uh, they just finished their second season. Um, we're, we're starting it right now. Um, very, very big fan of the show as a whole. There's been a lot of very good TV out there recently. I mean, like my list is long to be fair of things to recommend. But those are the two that come to the top of my head. Oh, actually, I do have a third one. Okay. Lessons in chemistry. Ah, so a brother Brie Larson thing, right? I know. I've not. I've not watched that yet, so I don't. I don't. You should also read the book. Oh wow! Okay. I. I. I what, what's it about? I don't even know. I just know it has Brie Larson. So Brie Larson plays a single mother who is also a TV star, a la Julia Child. She is a. Um, scientist uh, by trade but she is a chef um, on television and I am not going to go into any other part of that um, but it also happens to have Lewis Pullman who is the son of Bill Pullman aka if you're a baseball fan Lone Star Um, he is excellent he was Bob in Maverick Um, Hmm. so he he plays the male lead in this um the the show as a whole is excellent. I love the book, um, and I like how they have put the um, I like how they put this to the screen. And Brie Larson, of course, amazes. Um, it's very very well suited for her. Um, I envy just how well put together she is because it is a 1950s style show, so everything is perfect and it's very aesthetically pleasing. Um, but her acting in that show is just spectacular, so I recommend it. Gotcha. Uh, I'll 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 do one Apple TV thing and one non-Apple TV thing then myself. Uh, I saw the other night. I saw Thanksgiving, which is a new horror movie from Eli Roth. I I I don't I don't think you're a big horror person, are you, Maya? No. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Just for the people that are that have just haven't seen much about it, because I didn't know anything going in. So without giving away too much of it, I'll just say if you're a big fan of Scream, that you probably like this. You know, I I didn't I, I knew nothing going in, so I was surprised it has some similarities to Scream, and it was just a really fun horror movie uh, that was well done. And I think our friend Daniel is going to join us for an episode on it next week, along with our friend Adam, who is our Scream correspondent. So I, I don't know when that's coming out, but that'll be one of the next episodes after this one. Uh, also on Apple TV Plus, I. Uh, I, I, I'm now more than halfway through Bad Sisters. I don't know if you ever watched that one, Maya. Uh, I've been meaning to. Yeah, I, I mean, it came out. La- it came out last year, and I just and I really like Sharon Horgan, who like was one of the creators of it and is one of the stars of it. Also has um, uh, Eve Hewson, who was just in Apple TV's Foreign Son, which we had an episode on a few a, f- a few episodes ago. As two of the five sisters in this family, who four of whom uh, conspired to murder the husband of the oldest one. But you don't actually know the way it's done, if they actually pulled off the murder or not. You just know he died. And then they kind of flip back and forth between showing how this husband was like the worst. That The guy that plays him, his name is Clay's Bang, honestly should probably win an Emmy for like best supporting actor for just how terrible he plays a terrible dude that you actually want these sisters to kill. But like, it's like kind of like in the, in the later timeline, you know, there's a death, but you don't know if they actually did it. You just see them in the earlier timeline trying to and unsuccessfully kill him. And so you don't know if they eventually pulled it off. And I'm six of like 10 episodes in. I don't know if they're the ones that did it or someone else did it, but it's evident from the first scene that they're, that he has been killed. You just don't know how and if it was by them or someone else, but other, but that the other four sisters want to because he's so terrible to their oldest sister. So it's kind of funny, but also kind of dark and very well done. So, uh, yeah, you know, also on Apple TV plus, I haven't actually started it. I think, I think you guys eventually got around to for all mankind, right? 
No. Oh, I, uh, oh you gosh. You recommended okay. it. Okay. Well, when have I ever steered you wrong, Maya? Uh, but like, from what yeah. I understand, from what I understand, like season, like seasons, like one season one of All Mankind was like incredible. And so was two, but two and three, like focused on some characters that were just, it was not a good use of their time. And from what I've seen anecdotally from like the reviews, it seems like the season four actually like realized, Hey, let's stop focusing on these characters that are not good. Let's focus on the good stuff. So I'm very excited to get to that. And I think the first two episodes are on Apple TV plus right now for all for those of you who don't, don't know, I've probably plugged it before seasons like uh, before season two and three or at least during two and before three but for all mankind is a show on apple tv plus about like hey what if the russians had actually won the space race to the moon at the first time the first point but then things just kept escalating to to mars and beyond because of that uh and it's just a, an alternate version of nasa in the space race that keeps going starts starting in the 60s but going on into you know past the probably probably this season's probably going to be about where we are now in time if not a, maybe a little earlier so uh just a very fun well done show that it seems like it might have even taken another step forward in season four so i recommend all that stuff uh as usual i think maya is a blank slate she doesn't have anything to plug social media wise i'm josh shernavoy j-o-s-h-j-u-r-n-o-v-o-y on twitter and letterbox podcast twitter is at real movie pod podcast email is real movie pod at gmail.com coming up next on the podcast i think we're gonna have an episode on priscilla then, like I said, one on Thanksgiving, uh, probably one on, you know, the, uh, and also just all this stuff coming around on Thanksgiving. We're gonna, I'm, I don't even know who's going to be on the episodes yet, but I'm excited to talk about Saltburn. I'm excited to talk about Napoleon. I'm excited. I think our friend Kayla will join us for the the new Hunger Games movie, which I'm excited about. Uh, so just a, a lot of stuff going on. I think Maya will join us again at some point in December to talk about Maestro because one of the first episodes she ever joined for that wasn't a Marvel movie was Bradley Cooper's first movie, A Star is Born. And my, I think Maya might also know a, th- know a thing or two about Leonard Bernstein. So I, I'm very excited to talk to her about that one. So Maya, as usual, thank you for joining. Thank you. And I want to thank everyone else for listening. We'll see you next time.